Hello there, and welcome to Comics Roundup. This is the November episode of Comics Roundup, where your favourite shit boys, me, Dan, uh, Chris, aka Chris, and John, <laughs> aka John, uh, talk about comics and the ones that came out this month. Is that a good intro? Sure, Hello. it'll do. <laughs> That's the job. It was um, Stella Dios. That's what it was, mate. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah. So, if you've never listened to a comics roundup before, firstly, what are you doing? Secondly, we basically go through every comic that came out in the previous month, so November, and we talk about them, give our opinions of them, and that's about it. Sometimes we shit on them, sometimes we get hyped. So we'll see what happens this week. Chris, how are you? I'm tired. Brilliant. I've just read a lot of comics. <laughs> there was a lot of comics, to be fair, that came out this month. So. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that interview. Like, yeah, comics roundup. Sometimes we like them, sometimes we don't. <laughs> listen if you want, I don't care. <laughs> good intro, Dan. Yeah, cheers. Thank you. Thank you. John, how are you? Yeah, good. Uh, tired, but I can imagine I'm not as tired as Chris, because I did my homework earlier in the day and earlier in the month, because I thought we were recording this podcast last week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're good at we're good at planning uh just the the listeners won't be able to see that john is actually wearing jedi robes at the moment yep here's a dressing gown i don't um i don't just own jedi robes he just sits I... in jedi robes where we record <laughs> podcasts just to get character yeah it helps me <clears throat> helps the force through flow flow through oh shut up john. <laughs> <laughs> this is a travesty guys <laughs> Should we, should we start talking about comics so, yeah, we, don't, let's just so do we, we don't mess up any further? Uh, so this month we had a lot. This was like a really, really heavy comics month. Uh, Dark Droids is in its penultimate month. Um, we've got some series that are coming hurtling towards their finish. Um, we've got some series that unfortunately still haven't finished yet. Uh, and then we've got everything in between. So the first issue that came out this month was Star Wars issue number 40. As always, written by the man Charles Soule, art by Madabek Musabekov. And in this issue, we had uh, Lando uh, returning to the Rebel fleet from Jabba's palace, trying to persuade Leia to help him send a team to rescue Lobot. Um, John, I'll start with you. What did you think of Star Wars issue 40? Oh, I really enjoyed it. I know previous months I have uh, wasn't quite shitting on the the Lando uh, Lobot story, but I wasn't. It wasn't one of my favourites. But I have to say, since since those negative reviews from my side, I've I've been really enjoying it. <clears throat> and this uh, this issue didn't disappoint. Um, I like how we're now. It seems like the rest of the cast from the Star Wars uh, Star Wars squad are going to be getting a bit more involved in in the dark droids. Mm-hmm. fiascos because for the last obviously few issues just been focused on Lobot and Lando which is fine yeah. uh, but now uh, the wider squad is getting involved which um, one is exciting because obviously you're getting to see some more characters and their interactions with the enjoyable event of Dark Droids uh, two and I'm going to mention this a few times I think as the issues go on but it is one of those things where I still can't believe no one speaks about this in the original trilogy, which is like an obvious statement because obviously they came out 40 years, 50 years apart. It's fine. But there's a few instances in this uh, in this month's comics where I'm like, how is nothing mentioned like, yeah. at all in this? And obviously now with the main squad getting more involved, uh, again, it's 
not even like I mean it, it is what it is. You can't you yeah. can't really shit on it too much, but it's just funny. It's just funny for me. But uh, yeah, good good uh, issue. I thought that particularly a lot this month. Um, mm. I can understand why you did as well. There's pretty major things happening that you'd think people would talk about, but it's what it is. Uh, Chris, what about you? Yeah, this was a good issue. So it's a bit of a transitional issue, isn't it? I mean, to the mm-hmm. point where it starts off with one storyline um, with Lando and his little droid friend on their way back following the previous issue. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the the droid's kind of just razzing him. Um, and just not like, be, literally being like, with rizzing him. Yeah, it's a different, different. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a different, that'd be a more interesting issue. Um, <laughs> uh, and he's just basically like, oh, you're gonna get in trouble, kind of vibes. Um, and then it stops, and then we have a crawl in the middle of the issue, mm-hmm. and then it starts the next arc, which is essentially, from what it seems, like the start of the the rescue of han solo i think obviously it's not it's the rescue of lobot mm-hmm. but i think this is leading up to the rescue of han solo now because yeah. they, they made a, a point of mentioning that to leia and um yeah, yeah it's a good issue transitional issue but like soul's always good mm-hmm. i definitely enjoyed it yeah i really really liked there were two scenes that stood, stood out for me there was the the flashback with lando and lobot um i think they were on Alderaan, I think, um, in their younger years, and it was all about Lando talking about like how he finds lying so easy, which I thought was really good, particularly then following on to the other scene, which was my favourite scene with him and Leia, and him just flat out lying to Leia. So it was nice to have that like scene of just like him explaining why he finds it so easy to lie to people and then go to lie lie to Leia, um, which I thought was really good. Um, and we're definitely seeing that transition for Lando of like really being secured within the team whether he whether he deserves to be there or not um based on his actions he's still sort of getting layers accepting him as part of the squad um but yeah no i I, i'm liking this will be something we'll come back to but i'm liking that all the series are sort of converging on this planet with all the big satellites um obviously we've got like luke leia um lando chewie are all heading to this planet and then we, you know, we obviously have Afro and uh, the Bounty Hunters and all that um, who are there as well. So it's it's setting up the final uh, month of Bounty Hunters, hopefully, to sort of all converge finally. Because it has been quite disparate storytelling up to this point. Um, so that's good. Um, but yeah, are we, are we? do we think we're coming to the end of this era then? If, if we um, are? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know they haven't announced the end of Star Wars and uh, Vader yet, but they've got to be ending if Bounty and Afro are, then this, these, these have to be. What are they going to do with another crossover? <laughs> I reckon I reckon when Bounty Hunters and Afro end, I think Vader and Star Wars have probably got another five issues max left. Just I to think. wrap up, yeah, because yeah. obviously then they've got to, they'll probably spend those issues just getting to Return of the Jedi, getting which obviously isn't relevant to Bounty Hunters and Afro, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so all in all, good issue. We liked it. Solid um, as always. Solid as always. Solid soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like an album. Uh, Hyperspace stories issue number ten. Uh, this, this was a this was a highly anticipated issue. This one because of the, the first appearance of Bad Batch in comics, uh, written by uh, Hyperspace slash Star Wars Adventures veteran Michael Marici, art by Ricardo Ficini. 
Uh, and in this one, the Bad Batch fights some funky defective droids uh, and Wrecker finds the toy and then loses the toy. Um, John, I'll start with you. Do you like the Bad Batch? Yeah, love, love to see them in the comics. Um, obviously, uh, I really enjoyed the Bad Batch series, so it's nice to see them in the <clears throat> in the comic form. I think they fit in well with this hyperspace stories thing. It really, obviously, with Wrecker and the is the toy being involved fits in nicely with that background subplot, which seems to be going on through every issue. Um, I the thing with the droids slightly confused me, and I don't know if this is just me being me because I feel like I, I do this a lot. And then you guys correct me, but the droids at first I thought the droids seemed to be like modelled on each version of the Bad Batch, and then that that idea quickly got dropped after like the first two droids. So like the, Wrecker's one yeah. seemed to be like V Wrecker. Yeah, like purpose built for Wrecker, and then the one that went up against Hunter again seemed to be almost like purpose built for Hunter. Yeah. And there was just a bunch of other random ones that just had yeah. no purpose. But there was just maybe like, they had the budget for two special ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or we can do have a nerdy one that can do computers. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that would just be, be a like, protocol cool. droid, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back up against C three PO. Yeah, I yeah, think no, they it, did it, sort of do that, John. Yeah. Oh, okay, it was good. I also. I mean, this is again just me being, it's just a nitpick. I thought it was funny. Um, Wrecker and that droid have been fighting for ages. And he literally just chucks him off the edge. As soon as he gets rid of the doll, he was like, fuck it, you're going off the edge, mate. As if we didn't think of that like 45 minutes ago. I think they've been yeah. fighting for like an hour or something like that. He yeah. said it was, yeah. It just cracked me out. I was just like, all right, now you've got, you've got rid of his doll. He's, Wrecker's unleashed his power special move or something. <laughs> Yeah. With Wrecker, I just imagine it's just them trading haymakers, just like <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> and that was um, good. That, I mean, it's easy. It's nice having characters going from like cartoons to comics because, like, one every conversation they have with each other is just easy to like. You can hear the voices in the back yeah. of your head, like yeah. from um, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Does the voice? D. Bradley Baker. Yep, yeah, that legend. Um, so that's always nice. But yeah, no, good first issue. Um, good first parent, sorry. Um, did anyone pick up the graded version? Or did we not bother? I did not. I haven't picked this one up at all, to be honest. I went digital. Oh. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't get either. But... I, I'm, only, I'm only buying a High Republic physical at the moment for single issues. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's sort of what I'm doing. Um, Chris, did you like Hyperspace Stories 10? Yeah, it was a fun little issue. I mean, like all Hyperspace Stories, the story was meaningless didn't really mean anything but it was it was good to see the bad batch and i feel like the characterizations of the characters were nailed like it felt like the bad batch yeah um because a lot of the time they do these things especially with people like princess leia and it's just generic strong female without having their voice but no i definitely felt like Mm -hmm. marici nailed the bad batch the art was nice as well it was yeah, just it was a typical good. hyperspace story. It's just a fluffy little adventure that didn't really mean anything. It has a fucking toy in it for no reason. We don't With a fluffy it. little toy in it. Yeah, and then, but the characterizations were good. So if, if you're a fan of the Bad Batch, this was a nice first appearance. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll echo that. I, I like this one. I think this is probably, out of all the hyperspace stories, it's probably closer to my favorite ones. I, I did like this one. I'm a big fan of the Bad Batch, so naturally it appealed to me. It was nice to see the Bad Batch pre-Echo as well and see that that dynamic that we've only seen briefly. Yeah, and Crosshair Wars. being part of it. Yeah, yeah, and Crosshair, yeah, yeah. So I, I did really like that. Um, the the toy we'll come back to when we talk about issue 11, because mm-hmm. I think we missed something major with the toy in one of the early, early issues. And I, yeah, I'll, we'll chat about it later, but I think I know where they're going with the toy now. Um, 
but no, I liked how they tied it into the toy. I liked that it kind of picked up directly from the Obi-Wan and Anakin one from earlier on where they rescued the Wookiee and then I guess it's sort of trying to fill the gaps of how the toys crossed all the eras and stuff. So that was nice. Yeah. Um, because the person who got it at the end was the person who had the shop, that can, the shopkeeper person that Cad Bane, that was in the Cad Bane issue. Mm-hmm. And when Quinn and Boss uh, like went into the ship and you could just see it on display in the little shop, like that was the person who got it here. Um, I think my favourite one so far is a low-key one. It's probably the, the Greedo one. Yeah, I know you that, really like the Greedo, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, because that one, I mean, I'm not really a Greedo guy or anything, but that one, it, it was it was a bit more than just your standard little adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was the uh, whole kind of like, he was trying to run away, we had the fell in love with that, you know, it was, there was a lot more to it. It was quite an interesting one, that was. I still think I, I still think my favourite might be the Kylo Ren one. I really the like Kylo the Kylo Ren one was Ren pretty one. good, yeah. yeah. It's just nice to see sequel characters though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, this was good. It was good Bad Batch action. I mean, they, they nailed them all, but they, I thought, particularly thought Michael Morici nailed Wrecker. I thought we got, he got Wrecker's character spot on. Like, I could literally hear, like, all the noises. I thought Tech as well was quite well done. Yeah, mm. which it was, yeah, it was nice to see Tech. Um, this may, this really wants, makes me want Dark Horse to give Michael Morici, like, either, you know, they've announced these Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan graphic novels, mm-hmm. uh, these hyperspace story ones. I'd either like them to do, like, a Bad Batch graphic novel um michael marici to do it or just like a mini series like a five issue bad batch mini series of like them on an adventure in the clone wars i think it yeah. suits the hyperspace story like for all ages style i think the bad batch is perfect for a, a little uh young reader ongoing to yeah. be honest yeah, yeah so do i because they've got years of history during the clone wars before the bad batch show where they could you could go on countless adventures yeah and it's mm. just adventure of the week stuff as well isn't it yeah you could totally Ambition. do that with a bad batch yeah i don't know why they to be honest yeah just give us more flipping disney plus adaptations instead dark horse listen to us we're full of ideas um right let's move on here we go boys it's that time of the month everyone <laughs> everyone's excited for what the shit boy's gonna say about darth vader this month <laughs> oh god oh, um, thoughts on this. darth vader issue number 40 we've had 40 of these that's a We've nearly in ten issues. If they get to fifty, we'll have more. We will have had more Greg Pak Vader issues than Soul and Gillen combined. So that's concerning. Um, so yeah, written by Greg Pak, art by Raphael Ianenko. Vader sort of goes back to Coruscant, scraps Palpatine, he leaves again, and then turns into a scourge droid by choice. I think. <laughs> um, yeah. John, you're you're shaking your head right now. Let let's hear your uh, unfiltered opinions. <laughs> I, I I just did not enjoy this issue. I tell you, I'm sorry, Greg Pack, and I'm sorry for anyone that does. Like, God bless, but <laughs> I just did not enjoy it. Like, one, this just doesn't feel like. I mean, we're how long far away? Sorry, from Return of the Jedi. Feels like this, a week at this point. Yeah. This, this feels like a Vader like that should be written in. Literally, like just after Avenger the Sith, like, yeah, like, come on, man. The man's been Vader for not what, like 25 years at this point, <laughs> if not around that time. Um, and he's still sitting there learning. He's like, oh, hate makes him more powerful and I can control myself. Like, shut up, man. Yet um, another test this week. Yeah, and more uh, tests. <laughs> and yeah, he's sitting there scrapping with Palpatine again, as if, like, like what's that about? Um, and losing again, um, just take the L or bounce, man. 
Um, and then what was the other thing that really what uh, back to my original point earlier about stuff that's not discussed. Palpatine just seems to blow the shit out of Coruscant at this point. Yep. Like, why isn't that, that obviously that that needs to be mentioned? Like, why write something like that? Because it's obviously why has no one mentioned it? Like, the Rebel Alliance would mention Palpatine blowing the shit out of his home planet or the capital of the Empire. <laughs> Um, it just levels like an entire sector of Coruscant. Yeah, um, and then the other thing I found really weird, and again, this might just be me, so I'm willing to step back and eat my words on this, but we'll see. So Vader arrives at Coruscant in his ship, mm-hmm. seemingly fine, no, no issues. I obviously, gets shot down. That's fine. <clears throat> another, another test. And then he and Palpatine have a few words, and then some droid is like, "Hold on a minute." There's loads of these bots in Vader's ship, and they suddenly just appear out of nowhere. So you're telling me he's flown halfway across the bloody galaxy with all these things in his ship, and he's not noticed it once, or these things haven't... The, the main goal, the whole issue before, was to infect Vader, and they've just been sitting on his ship for what must have been hours, if not days, because he's in a TIE fighter. It's not even a flying, big ship either, yeah, is it? Flying across the galaxy, and they haven't once just like, oh, just like, nibbled on his toe or something. <laughs> Like that. I just thought that was bizarre. Um, and then I, at the end, I kind of I, I I liked the idea of him willing to be like, I mean, I, I do and I don't like the idea of him being affected by the Dark Droid thing is cool. And it's like, oh, that's what we've wanted is, the whole time, isn't it? This like, is from the be beginning. Yeah, this is what we wanted. But yeah. I feel like character-wise, it makes no sense, and I feel like it's stupid character-wise, but it's cool storytelling-wise, maybe. Um, yeah. I think I could rant about this for a good like another half an hour, so I'm gonna stop. But um, you weren't a fan, John. No, I'm sorry, Greg. Back, but it's just, just dreadful. Chris, come spread some positivity. Mm. <laughs> okay, so I will say something positive about it. If if this issue, if you took it out of context and just had it as like a short story, you, where you didn't know where it was in timeline or that, it's good. You know, it's a cool little because the dialogue's all good, the art's great. Um, so and it's just about Vader fighting Palpatine and another test and all that, but it's quite a good one. And you feel like, okay, this is quite cool. But if you put it actually in the context where we are in the story, it just makes no sense. The fact that he's fighting Palpatine again and testing him completely cheapens his sacrifice of Return of the Jedi. The mm-hmm. fact he turns on him and Palpatine's all shocked and all this kind of stuff, it cheapens all of that. Like Greg Pak is making Return of the Jedi worse, <laughs> which I don't appreciate. That's a talent know? right there. That is, that, you've got to admit, that is talent. Yeah. Like, mm. I don't appreciate that because I love Return of the Jedi. Um, it just, like I said, it just doesn't make any sense. And it's this typical thing of it, he's got a formula. A test, a little bit of dialogue with some droids you've never seen before that are just commenting on what's happening. <laughs> then loads of action... And then a cheap twist ending. That's what yeah. every single issue, all 30, 40 issues of this series have been that. Yeah. And here we are again. Yeah. I have a, I have a question for Floor. Because <clears throat> I feel like... I, the da- should, probably yeah, ask us, should probably ask us the question, not the Floor, John. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> 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 Shit, boys. <laughs> The Death Troopers, Vader's Death Troopers. Yeah, I'm assuming they must be cyborgs, right? Yeah, they're yeah. 
or they cyber cybernetically they enhanced. have cybernetically enhanced. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't know. I mean, you probably find that on Wikipedia somewhere, but does it? Because obviously, those little insect droid things just willy nilly just go on and like, oh, we'll grab them. But then in the other Dark Droids episodes, it's been like a proper struggle jumping from. I've never understood the Dark Troopers, I'll be honest, because I know for a fact that they were humans at one point. Mm -hmm. um, And then by the time of the Mandalorian, they're not. They're fully robots. Death Troopers and Dark Troopers are different things. These are Death Troopers, but they're not. What? (laughs) Are are these the thing that Krennic had? Yeah, the the Krennic ones. Yeah, these are the Krennic ones, right? Aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought like they're people, obviously, with cybernetic enhancements, but then, like, how far does that... Because, obviously, they're not going to be, like, valence level of cybernetic enhancement. No. So, what, they've they got, got, like... got, like, a glass eye or something. Yeah, but then is that enough for this dark droid to suddenly, like, jump on board? Yeah, I don't know. Because we, we, we just spent, yeah. like, four issues of him just trying to... Trying to get ready. Hacking away at people, trying to yeah. figure out how to get inside them. Trying to, trying to get ready for the meat. Yeah. So, I just <laughs> yeah. feel like that, maybe that's, like, an iffy... I yeah. feel like every other author, no, every other author, seems to have nailed and been on like right on the same page of how this is working. Yeah. And yeah. then in my opinion, Greg Patch came in and be like, "Fuck it, I'm going to do it my way because it's cool." It's been like that though. It's like that through Crimson Rain and War the Bounty Hunters as well. Yeah. Just yeah. very much just doing his own thing, usually with people that you never don't care about, never see. You don't know who, where the allegiance is lying. It's never resolved. <laughs> After your best doing, ball guy. That fucking crew of wasters no one's ever seen since. Uh, Chris, they are the Revengers. Oh, yeah, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. Commander <laughs> Sly Moore. Like, oh, we, got, we got some some more Sly Moore in this. <laughs> yeah, the worst character <laughs> ever. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just uh, I mean, I just, yeah, it does, just doesn't, doesn't get me any excited. Um, yeah, no, I didn't like this one either. To be honest, uh, this was my least favorite issue of the week. Uh, no surprise. Um, I, to be honest, I just felt like it was just a bit messy. Um, like I felt that we were waiting for this Dark Droids event to turn Vader into a droid. I'm not sure it makes sense that Vader essentially chose it for himself. I I don't know if that that doesn't I guess that doesn't really make sense for me. The, the Palpatine conflict, yeah, it, it, it doesn't. I think when you look at Gillen's run on Darth Vader, it, improve, it improves, not improves because they're not built. It enhances. It enhances A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Charles Soule's Darth Vader literally just improves Revenge of the Sith. But I completely it's like agree. ten times better than Revenge of the Sith. That's what. Yeah, <laughs> but I completely agree with you, Chris. Like this for me is getting to the point now where it's it's weakening Return of the Jedi for me because there's so many things in this which are counterproductive to Vader's character in that film. Yeah, and... I mean, in this time, you'd think <clears throat> that they'd that it would be about his. Um, co- like internal conflict, conflict yeah. about his feelings towards Luke. That's the story you'd tell here. They mm. haven't done that at all. The first Instead, five issues, the first five issues of Greg Pak's run was about that conflict about Luke, and it was good. And then he gave up on that after like five issues, and then it just became test after test after test after test, test after test. And then th- th- this of him joining the Dark Droids is exactly the same as when he joined Crimson Dawn. 
and yeah. they had that at the, the end you see him wear like a crimson dawn badge on or something <laughs> and that's the twist and then <laughs> next issue doesn't go anywhere yeah. and i fully expect this to be the same yeah i mean i don't like to say this because like i am i'm a fan of long-running comic book series but what what has been the point of this now 40 issues of comic books nothing like, what have we learned about Vader? We, we've gone round in circles consistently for 40 issues. His character has not changed or grown. If anything, he's regressed further away from the character he should be. And let's be honest, like a week or two's time, timeline-wise. I, I just, I don't honestly see Honestly dreadful. I think and it might be the worst thing in canon. I think it is as well. I mean, I like the vast majority of things in canon. If it, I'm, I'm yet to read a book that I dislike. In Star Wars canon, I'm majority of the comics. I like the miniseries. There's only a few of them I kind of dislike, but even the ones I kind of dislike, I still like them. This is genuinely the only thing I think I don't like in canon. Which is do you know sick. what's do you know what's bizarre? Like it's really popular as well. Not just it sells well, but it's really popular. People really like this. Yeah. Because if if you're like a fan of the prequels, it gives you so much fan service, like with the handmaidens and all that. But it's just cheap fan service. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Mm. Well, f- um, funny enough, um, shout out to our interview with the Uncanny Omar, which if you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to it. Um, Omar really likes the Darth Vader series. Yeah, because he's not that in- he's not that into Star Wars. He loves Star Wars, but he's not like we're into Star Wars. So he's just reading some cool Vader adventures. I'm sure if he stopped and think, thought about, hang on a minute. Where are we now? We're literally weeks away from Return of the Jedi. We're weeks away from Anakin's redemption. Mm-hmm. And he's you know. Thing is I like I'm 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 really glad that there are people out there who like this series because it would be it would be pretty bad if just everyone hated it. So it's good that people like it and we Yeah, I don't you, take it away from anyone. We might be in good. the minority here. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't like being negative about Star Wars stuff, but I just have to be honest, I don't like Darth Vader. Everything else that I've read this week, I really like, but Darth Vader, it's not doing it for me, and I'm sorry. And no. if, if Greg Pak continues to write in comics, I hope they just give him a, another character that's not Darth Vader, because I'm sure he could go and tell a good story of another character, but Darth Vader ain't yeah, it. Give him like a Kiedi Mundi series or something. My way, it doesn't matter if he fucks it up. <laughs> <laughs> um... Should we move on from Darth Vader? Yes, probably. Please. <laughs> oh, here we go, boys. This is where stuff starts to get good. So, big issue this month: the High Republic number one. Um, this is the third High Republic number one, but <laughs> this is the Phase Three uh, High Republic series, uh, as with the previous two, written by Kevin Scott, art by Ario Anandito, and in this one, it had art by Ario Anandito and Jim. Tau or Tau. Um so we've got another collaborator in here as well uh, and we kick off the series a year after the fall of Starlight Beacon as with all the other phase 3 stuff uh, Keeve and her team launch an attack on a hut planet and then met by some Nile, some Nameless and then big plot twist at the end, Lorna D has returned uh, what did we think of this one? Chris I'll start with you because I know that you're a big Fan of this is a great start i mean again plug if you listen to our kevin scott episode um i mentioned our interview chris yes i am sorry i interviewed with mr scott himself um i mentioned that like it's there's a clear shift in tone here 
there's a clear shift in tone and there's a clear shift in Keeve's character. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not just, like, a, a Weapon of the Jedi in- issue where something happens and then they don't reference it. This is very much informed by the fall of Starlight Beacon. It's informed by those last few issues of mm-hmm. the High Republic Phase 1 where all the shit hits the fan and now Chris goes crazy and like Keith and Skier and Keith has to deal with it all. This is perfectly follows that. Keith is a lot more serious and intense. dedicated. Intense is a good yeah. word. Yeah. And she's got like some new hair. She's I like the new weave. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was really good. Solid. Like I'm glad Lorna D's back. I, I hope we get, a lot of Lorna D in Phase yeah. Three because yeah. Lorna D is one of the most underrated characters of Phase One, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I say that she did get her own audio book, but um, yeah, really good, solid, like absolutely banging. This, this series going to be great, and it feels like it has after Phase Two's Horror Public, which I really loved. This feels like a lot more weighty and important than that. Yeah, it feels like this is going to be a pretty long-running, important story. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon we're going to get like. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if they've said how many issues this is going to be, but it's. I reckon we're going to get a lot more issues in this phase. Well, I mean, the final book of the High Republic comes out in 2025. Yeah, so, so we, we we could get like a 25 issue run here. Yeah, this could be 25 issues. Yeah, exactly. Which is good because obviously we've got to get Keeve to the place where she leaves Jedi Order, if mm-hmm. if what is said in Duke Jedi Lost is true. Yeah, that she's one of the Lost Twenty. So there's a lot that's got to happen. Yeah. John? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this one as well. <clears throat> um, it's nice to, yeah, say, to see Keith again and the effects that the last round of comics has on her, you know, with Steve and Fall of Starlight Steve. Beacon. And... <laughs> Steve. Steve. <laughs> what, Steve? Yeah. What's his name again? Skier. Yeah, I'm shipping that. Um, <laughs> I'll call him Ski from now on. Um, it's nice to see the effect that that's, <laughs> that's had on her. Oh my god! And um, I mean, I'm really excited for this. I mean, this is the first thing from Phase Three that I've read because I've not read any of the books yet. Um, I haven't even read the Phase Two books, so shoot me. Um, but then I have a question. So, this book picks up, or this comic picks up, a year after Starlight Beacon yeah. was destroyed, but then Shadows of Starlight is literally moments after. Yeah, that's yeah all. pretty much. Shadow of Starlight is basically filling in that year, and everything yeah, yeah. else in Phase 3 is, like, from that year point onwards. Yeah, yeah, cool. I mean, I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed the comic. It's nice to see the nameless in it, and um, get, like, a... I mean, I'm, I'm a bit on the fence about having a nameless in comics. One, I know you need to have them, because they're, like, a pivotal villain, and whatever and uh, they're a proper threat to the jedi but i miss the like i feel like it's been a peak, we had a peek behind the curtain seeing them on a, on the page i like the the mystery around them on in 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 the books and, and things like that you know like the start of jaws when you don't see the shark for the first time mm-hmm. and then i felt like there was a big build-up to that and obviously the you need a big reveal for the for the monster but I'm just I'm sad that that, that like yeah, that feeling is gone. If you know what I mean. I think this is I think it's possibly just because you haven't done phase two yet, John. Yeah. Because I think all of phase one we don't really see the nameless at all. We just see glimpses. Whereas phase two is the first time that we actually see what a nameless creature looks like. 
and they um, become creepier and scarier for different reasons, don't they? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think I, I do get what you mean. Because I did love that element of Phase One where we never knew what these things looked like, and yeah. but I, I think because Phase Two sort of took us on that journey of discovering what what they really were, I think now that we have them in in artwork form, I guess it doesn't it's not stand out as much to me as it does to maybe you who haven't caught up on phase two just yet. Yeah. Well, you know, my favorite period for the nameless actually was the last few issues of phase one, when we started to get those glimpses mm. in yeah. horror public in trailer shadows, trailer shadows as well. Yeah. We started to get like those sort of like just the eyes or something like that. We'd see yeah. or the shadow or something. And we started mm. to get like a vague idea of what they were. And mm. then, and then obviously the street cry and all that. And it, got, it was quite a creepy period. That was my favorite period for the name was that and probably path of deceit because you know, yeah. path of deceit in it. Yeah. John path of deceit, mate, get on it. Path of deceit, mate. I think I've, I've started it. Or is it? Is it this one? You, you need to fall in love yeah. with Madero. That's like essential for any Star oh, Wars. Yeah. Fan. <clears throat> yeah. No, no, no. 20 pages. Yeah, wait until you've read all of them and then uh, come back to us. See how your soul's feeling. (laughs) I'll I'll get on it. Um, No, I I really, really like this as well. Um, I mean, the Cavan Scott's High Republic series, uh, particularly the Phase 1, I did really like Phase 2. I really liked that Jeddah team. And I hope that we revisit those characters. I mean, when we were chatting to Cavan Scott, you definitely got a sense that he wants to revisit those characters at some point. Um, But the Phase 1 High Republic really is my bread and butter. Like, I... That was like the series that, you know, took Kevin Scott to be like one of my favourite comic writers. I absolutely loved what he did with that series. Ario and Dito's art is phenomenal. So having that team back together, Keeve, Serret, Terret. Um, Skeeve. Skeeve. <laughs> uh, like the return of Lorna D. Um, like seeing the, like the... The, the action where, like, what was the guy's name? Was it Sandar or Santar? The guy who gets consumed by the nameless in this issue? Oh, the one from that splash, splash page from, like, issue six of the first phase. That Jedi, no one knew who he was. Yeah, and now he's here and he's dead. And then yeah. they kill him straight away. But it's not only that. There's another big death in this one, isn't there? Like, they're not holding back, are they? Well, is yeah, this is a thing. Did they die? Mm, I don't know. But maybe. Which, which one was it? Sure. Was it Serret or Terek? It was Terek. Terek. Yeah, I'm still on the fence of whether they are actually dead. Hmm. They've been through some shit, mate. Yeah, no, they really have. And I, I like the <laughs> I like the thing with them in this that their connection's been weakened. And yeah, and like, they're, they're like bickering. arguing with each other. Yeah, I thought that's a really interesting element for the two of them yeah. to have. Um, I don't think so. I think it's like, do you remember in uh, Daniel Jose Elder's High Republic Adventures, like Yoda got blown up in a ship and he was obviously fine. I think it might be the same thing. Yeah, but that's different. That's Yoda, isn't it? Let it go. Yeah, but I think it might just be like another ship. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But no, really, really love this issue. I I like that we're going to be exploring like the relationship between like the Nile and the huts in this part of space. I think that's really interesting. It'd be Mm. cool to see what Lorna D's up to. Um, and yeah, Keeve is just a phenomenal character. I, I love her progression. I love this darker, more intense version of her character. Um, and yeah, like I'm really invested in Keeve's story. I want to see where it goes because you know, Kevin Scott when he when we were chatting to him, he was saying that he knew exactly where Keeve was ending before he even started writing issue one. Like he's he's mapped Keeve's journey out years in advance. So you know, you know when an author has that attention to where a character's going that the story's gonna 
going to be good as opposed mm-hmm. to the ones where you can tell they're just making up as they go along. <clears throat> Great pack. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anything else you want to add about that brilliant High Republic issue? No, it's banging. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. for another um, omnibus eventually. Yeah, we'll definitely like that's just, while we're talking about omnibuses, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're probably going to mention this later in the issue, but I'm, in the episode, <laughs> but I'm just going to fucking say it. So they've announced the end of Dr. Aphra's issue 40. Yes, why mm. the fuck? What, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so why did we get an omnibus with 25 issues? Yeah, what they're going to do, they're going to release a third volume with 15 issues. Why couldn't uh, they just wait? I agree with you, mate. And give um, us 40 issues, which is the exact amount of the first run of Dr. Aphra. Yeah. I almost picked that up actually. I was when I was in Forbidden Planet the other day. I saw it. Yeah. It's really annoyed me that has. Yeah, it's really annoyed me as well, Chris. I completely agree with you. Um But it's alright. We'll make, hopefully we'll get a Greg Pack Darth Vader omnibus. I mean we are getting the High Republic phase two omnibus, which I don't know why they're calling it an omnibus. It should just be called Nerd Size Hardcover because it's fourteen issues or something. Yeah, it's the omnibus. They call me a minimum. They can't call it an omnibus. That's just that's just like that Canaan hardcover. Well, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's the 10 issues of the High Republic, the 5 issues of the Blade, and is that it? That's it. Because all the rest is Dark Horse. Yeah. Right. That's like the smallest omnibus ever. Yeah. yeah. No, good job. You can get that one next year and then you can finally read Phase 2. It better not cost me like 60 quid. If that is 60, I wanna, <laughs> I'll steal it. But I'm, I'll admit that. No, to be fair, like the Doctor <laughs> Alpha Volume 2 one, the 25 issue one, you could get on like Speedy Hen plug, send us some free stuff. Yeah, we love the um, Speedy Hen. You, you could get it for like 43 quid. All right. Brand new on release, so it wasn't too bad. If you go to yeah. Finn and Planet or whatever, you're going to spend more, but. I mean, their prices annoy me because like online it's always on sale. And if you go to the shop and you're like, oh, I'll just get it while I'm here, it's like the actual retail price. So Yeah, and then they charge you like an obscene amount for postage and packaging as well. Yeah, that's stupid. This is not a very good comic, guys. <laughs> 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 no, we're, we're telling the people where to buy their comics from. Speedy yeah, Hen. if you're in the UK, get them from Speedy Hen. Yeah. Your collections, like yeah. your omnibuses and stuff, because they're way cheaper and they're free shipping and they, yeah. they send them to you real quick. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Anyway, should we talk about comics again? Um, so in, we had another High Republic comic this month and it was another banger, if I do say so myself, written by Charles Soule, art by Marika Cresta, uh, Shadows of Starlight, issue number two. Uh, in this issue, we focus on Avar and Elzar, or Avar and Elzar. Um, they're separated by the storm wall, but they're each sort of on their own mission to work out the next steps in their war against the Nile. Um, I love this one. John, what did you think? Uh, I love this one. I- I'm really enjoying a bit more of uh, Elzar yeah. as character. Um, because, obviously, the fall of <clears throat> Starlight, I can't remember what I was in, but... Um, there were some big character moments for him in that, and I'm really enjoying that we're getting a series which seems to be focusing a bit more on on him um, for the moment and how he's feeling. And I love the things he's admitting in this issue. Um, I mean, it's uh, Avar that you know the reason part of the reason the ship went down or the star like beacon went down was because like a dick he just stabbed that person in the back instead of chit chatting like a normal Jedi should. Chopped her in half. Chopped her in yeah, half. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so instead of, Yarrow, yeah. Instead of uh, you know being the good Jedi way and being like, "Excuse me, what are you doing there?" <laughs> um, you know, get away from that sort of thing. He, you know, just walked up, dropped in half, and then was like, "Oh fuck!" She's trying to save. The, they're trying to save the um, station. I, I love that he's admitted that. Um, 
and I, I, I'm enjoying the journey that we're seeing on him. Um, and towards the end of it, the whole communication, I'm assuming the communication was up through the force for that bit of tech. Um, seemed a bit, <clears throat> seemed a bit boogie. Um, but no, I've, I'm, I'm really enjoying this, uh, this issue. I'm excited to see where it goes. How many issues are we getting on this? I think it's just know? four. I think it's just four. And yeah, it, look, it, it looks like next month's is going to focus on Bell, Zetafar, uh, and oh, Ember. Yeah. Um, and then I can't remember what the I don't know if the solicitation for the final issue's come out yet, and who's on the cover for that. Um, I'm yeah, excited. I mean, the, the whole, I'm excited for the whole series. It's, it was, I thought it was sounded cool. First issue was sick with Yoda, and this uh, second issue's started off well. I'm hoping for another cool variant cover because I think they've they've hit they've hit yeah. they've hit twice now. With the variant covers, the Yoda one, and then the Elzar Man one. I think that was a variant cover. I think we'll, well, the Elzar. I've got an Elzar cover, but that's the just, that's the the main cover. I don't know. I think I there know. might be an Elzar variant. I think you're right. I'm, I can't quite remember. There's, I definitely know there's an Avar Avar variant, isn't there? There is. Yeah, it's a really cool cover. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, the covers are slapping. Yeah. That's always good to see. Christopher. Yeah, Shadow Starlight is great. I actually think that this is um, really, really good. It's a, it, it's the first time that the High Republic comics have felt like actual supplemental material to the books in the best way possible. Because obviously the High Republic comics generally, like the main series, Adventures, and then the mini series like Names Terror and Monster of Temple Peak, they're very much separate. They do their own thing. And that's that's a clever way to go because you don't want to alienate people. You can't read this comic until you've read these four books. You can't, you know, that's not good business. Um, but this one, it's doing the heavy lifting because obviously mm-hmm. because I've done starts a year later, this very much is putting those, because putting those sort of pieces in place. Because if you didn't read this and you started just the Ardarnas, you'd be like, why is Avar here? Why is this character doing this? Or you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's doing that heavy lifting, but it's doing it in like a a really natural way. Mm-hmm. Like that, that this felt crucial. If for Avar and Alzar, if you like those characters, this is possibly one of the most important parts of any book or series so far, just because the conversations they have and the way their relationship moves forward and mm-hmm. It felt real. I felt honest. Just someone could look at this and be like, "It's a bit boring, though, compared to some of the other ones. Compared to I don't know, Greg Pak's Darth Vader with all that action. <laughs> it's just essentially like two people chatting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Not a good but point. If 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 you, if you value character, then it's it's a banging issue, absolutely yeah. banging. Plus, it's always good to get more Avar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I Elzar's my favorite High Republic character. The Avar Elzar relationship like fascinates me. Um, I find them so interesting. Um, so this was this was built for me. This this issue. Um, interesting like, art as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm really liking the art. Um, I think it's a different artist for each issue of mm-hmm. Shadows of Starlight, um, and I really really liked it. Um, I, I liked the opening scene on Irem uh, with the two of them sort of conversing after the fall of starlight and you know I, I love consistently throughout this issue but i mean also into the eye of darkness how like stellan's death weighs so heavily on these characters particularly elzar um and i really like them dealing with that but i also thought it was interesting that we saw that a side of avar where it was like 
Elzar clearly needed her help. He needed her there in that moment. And she was like, nah, I'm going to piss off. And, you know, there's more important things than us. There's me going and saving the galaxy. She, in a way, is, you know, being selfish, trying to trying to fix the things that she thinks she's failed in instead of helping her best friend slash they're definitely going to shag at some point. Um, Jedi man friend. Um, so, yeah, no, I loved it was really good um the storm thing communication is interesting um avar sort of fighting in the inclusion zone against all these nasty nile bastards is good fun as well um yeah Char- i mean how many are we gonna say it every month charles soul continues to just constantly write good comics it's, yeah. an- it's annoying that this guy just can't can't do a stinker every now and then <laughs> <laughs> if, if he nails issue three and four this gives Santa star a run for its money money i think for it's- like one of your favourite miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've loved this miniseries a lot. Yeah. Um, well, we've got more Charles Soul next. Dark Droids issue number four. Um, I, I found that I, li- I like this one a lot, but I did find it a bit difficult to, to keep up with what's going on here. But from my understanding, the Scourge makes its big plan to sort of progress from machine to meat Uh and they sort of set up base on this new planet. Um, meanwhile, Ajax Sigma <laughs> teams up with the D-Squad boys. <laughs> <laughs> Assembles the, the D-Squad Avengers to, to go and fight back against the, the evil Scourge droids. Um, John, how do you feel about Dark Droids 4? Yeah, um, another great issue of Dark Droids. <laughs> I'm liking this, this, I feel like this is very like a issue which is building building up to the <clears throat> next few um it's very like dialogue heavy and chit chat and as you say like getting the plans together <clears throat> i like the little um like inner council or jedi council rip off yeah. um that they, that they had in there which i think was nicely explained the fact that like um the, there's you know the guy the droid main droid what's his name scourge guy scourge guy scourge guy scourge guy yeah, the Sauron, Sauron ripoff needs to put different thoughts and processes into different droids because it's just there's too much going on in his head where he's uh, taken over the galaxy and so many droids. I like that little aspect of it. I like the different personalities all the droids had. Um, I liked his. I couldn't tell if it was his chair or him that I know he's got back on the art that had like just fucking like, eight arms coming out of it. Yeah, eight, like, that was him. I was that like, was him. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is terrifying. Um, yeah. Again, I'm liking the the themes of body horror, you know, the zombie apocalypse sort of mirroring that sort of stuff. And yeah, just uh, I'm I'm in, I think I'm excited to see where this goes, and I'm hoping that they release like a little uh, omnibus of this once it's all done, because I'd like I'd like to collect that whole thing and uh, read it. In, in one solid go because I'm mm. I'm enjoying this crossover. Definitely, I think my favorite crossover of Star Wars, um, has done possibly Marvel in the least last few years. Mm. So yeah, decent. Chris, I'll be honest. I don't know what the fuck was going on in this issue. <laughs> like it looked great, and I loved the Ajax. So I'm starting to like when Ajax comes on. I'm like that's my boy. I'm starting to really like Ajax. Yeah, and the fact he's teaming up with the D squads. Love that. Because, you know, they're the most lovable droids ever. I say lovable, just triple zero is in there, but <laughs> um, you know what I mean. Chopper and R2, amazing. There's no chopper. 
Oh yeah. It's cutie. It's cutie, mate. It's cutie. Yeah. Chopper was in the first issue though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, he counts. <laughs> um, but what? Like I, d- I feel like every issue of Dark Droids, Saul changes the rules of how it works. I said this to you last issue, last episode. Like every issue is amazing. Like it's incredibly well written. It's captivating. It looks great, and it has like a like a really unique tone that I've never really seen in the Star Wars comic before. Mm-hmm. But there's like a weird council of droids now. Are they like? Are they? Is that one consciousness? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's yeah. what I assumed. It was one consciousness, and they were the separate parts of that one consciousness. So there was mm-hmm. the warrior, the, there was the child, the child, the, and all that. Oh, but the, then the intelligence, or it wasn't called the intelligence. It was the the, the, the scholar. The elder, the elder, yeah, the elder. So, in the elder, he was like, "When I found you on that station," so I'm like, "Is this a different consciousness?" No, see, I I took it to mean the the elder was specifically the representation of the spark, spark, eternal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because the spark obviously is ancient, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I it wasn't clear. But then there was that moment as well where they had that chat, and then. He blew up the 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 elder, yeah. And then it, I didn't understand why. And then it, it, I just didn't I didn't get what was going on. I must admit though, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I was quite sleepy when I was reading this. <laughs> so I'm going to read it again because it probably isn't the issue's fault because I've never had this issue with other dark droids or Charles Saul generally. Mm-hmm. But I just struggled to follow what was happening. Yeah, it was. I think I think what he's what he's doing is it's quite a mythical story. I think even though it's like very horror, very it feels quite mythical, you know, with the Church of the Second Revelation and the Scourge Council of Droids. I, I think it is quite a mythical story, particularly this Dark Droids, where we're not spending any time with living characters. Where the whole thing is through monologues of the Scourge, and it is quite a a unique style. Um, and I am really liking it. I really like this issue. Luke Ross, by the way, the artist, I think the artwork's phenomenal. I yeah, the really... art is, and this is probably possibly the best going at the moment in yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not just the, the artwork. I think he, he does the pencils and the inks in this. The ink work is phenomenal. Like The, the shading, and like the, the darkness that he that brings out with the colorist as well. I think the artwork's absolutely stunning. Um I, re- I really enjoyed this one. I-, I did find it confusing as well. Like, I'm not sure I 100% understood what was going on at all times. I think part of that is setting up the final issue. Um, specifically, I think the final month's worth of issues. I think they've stacked it next month, so everything comes out, and then Dark Droids 5 is right at the end. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be like the, the finale, and Star Wars and Bounty Hunters and Aphra and Vader and D-Squad will, like tell the final battle i guess on this planet and then that will wrap everything up so i'm looking forward to seeing where it goes i loved the again i'm like you chris i'm liking ajax i like him teaming up with d squad that put a big smile on my face yeah um, it's boy angie yeah definitely um and the sauron scourge droid genuinely terrifies me so i think they've done a really good job with that um so yeah i am liking where it's going um it wasn't my favorite dark droids issue of the month uh, we're gonna get to that one next but it was it was definitely a really good one. Yeah, hundred percent. Should we talk about what is my favourite Dark Droids issue of the month? I think it also might be my issue of the month as well. Uh, Doctor Afra thirty eight. 
It's mine as well. Written by Alyssa Wong, art by Minky Young. Right, before we talk about the issue, right, I haven't been able to have this rant yet. Book it up, guys. So I'm going to have it right now. (laughs) Why the fuck is Dr. Aphra getting cancelled before Darth Vader? Like, this series, all 38 issues of this series has been fucking incredible. I think by the time this is done, I think this might overtake Charles Soule's Darth Vader as, like, the most consistently good Star Wars comic. Like, from beginning to end, this entire thing has been flawless. There's not one bad issue in it. The artwork has been consistently perfect the entire series. Alyssa Rong's writing, they are incredible. The story has been so good. Every event, even if the event's gone in a weird direction, Dr. Aphra still remained really grounded but fantastical. Anyway, and the fact that the series is, if you haven't heard, ending on issue 40. Um, Alyssa Wong sort of did a tease saying, read Revelations, you know, to see what the future might be. So clearly Alyssa Wong is not done with Aphra. Um, that made me so happy. Which made me really I happy. I can't imagine because... anyone else writing Aphra at this point. No. I mean, I loved what... Kieran Gillen and I even like what Cyspiria did with Afra, but Alyssa Wong's Afra hits differently. And it's not yeah. just it's not just Afra, it's the cast of characters that they built around Afra, Sana and Lucky and Dominatag and you know, all these incredible characters. Um and just the vibe, the feel of the comic. It's so fun but endearing and emotional. Uh, yeah. and it's kind of just annoying me that there's comics like that and bounty hunters which are getting Hopefully not an abrupt ending, but what feels like an abrupt ending. Like, I've liked the Dark Droids event, but I kind of just wish they had a bit more time afterwards just to do a bit more of their own story. Whereas each of them are only getting one issue post-Dark Droids to sort of wrap up their entire storyline, which I find a bit of a shame. Um, and then Darth Vader... Uh, obviously, Ch- uh, Star- Charles Soul Star Wars, I'm happy that it's getting the time, but it's like, wh- why are we extending Darth Vader longer when we've got one of the best... Souls still got some requests to do, mate. <laughs> or tests. Um, but yeah, that's my rant over. Um, hopefully, Marvel is listening to everyone with sanity and is going to bring back Doctor Aphra in some form in the future with Alyssa Wong writing it um, because they are incredible. But let's talk about this specific issue: uh, Aphra, Sana, Lucky, stage a rescue on the Scourge planet to get Tolvan back, and then Aphra does a bit of a booky arm tattoo thing and discovers that the scourge is heading for domina tag uh chris you said this is your favorite issue of the week tell the people why it after just has so much life to it like even when it's being serious it's just got personality it's funny it's vibrant and it's always moving forward mm-hmm. like you know we said about greg pack um and even my issues with dark droids this 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 week um, and Star Wars to a point, transitional issues, and through Greg Pax Vader, like it's just action and then a cheap sting at the end. This felt like it was actually the main issue of the month across all things. Like this had the most forward, forward momentum, and there's so much earned emotion in these characters now, from from Gillen and Spurrier, but from just just from Wong's run, the fact that Santa came back. Mm-hmm. And the weight of that, and the fact that particularly after reading Santa the back, Star Ross miniseries as well, exactly. So the, the weight, fact yeah. that they got Santa back to help, re- and everything that comes to, and the emotion behind all that was really like, palpable. But to get her back to go and rescue Tolvan, 
Afra's ex before Asana, and there's so much emotion there. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it's just, it's a masterclass, and I am so surprised that people aren't holding this in this, having conversations like about this, like they did with Saul's Vader or um, the Kanan comic series, as being like, this is something special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I really hope that it gets that recognition. Hundred percent, hundred percent. John, did you? Is this up there for you? This issue? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what else I can. Uh, I can add from Chris's points there, but yeah, I've I've really enjoyed. As someone who's like not been like, I've enjoyed the Afro series, but I've never like jumped in Star Wars comics and was like immediately, like, oh my god, Afro's amazing. Like, I've grown to love her as I've read this, this, uh, <clears throat> this series and, and the stuff. Um, so that just shows it all really. Like, uh, as I echo Chris's points everything in this issue feels like earned emotionally like Alessa Risa could have done the same thing but not pulled it off as well um and it could have made it feel like cheap and and um unearned but no it's it's great this is I think this is probably my favorite issue of the month as well closely tied with second it's up there with Bounty Hunters I really enjoyed that one as well but um, my two as well yeah yeah but this is this is great I love I love Afra she's she's a great character um and echo what you guys say it's, it's a travesty to end at 40 i mean it's just it is ridiculous yeah. um so i mean i'm kind of hoping that is because something else is coming up and there's gonna be a whole other series that goes on like a different direction or post or return yeah post return of the jedi afro is what i am crying out for and i, yeah. hope, that's, I hope that's what we're getting uh yeah but no great issue issue yeah. not for me as well yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as I said, I absolutely love this one. I thought it was so good, so much fun, so much character, so much light, so much life. Um, I thought we learned more about the scourge in this issue than any other issue of Dark Droids. Um, specifically with the scene when Afra sort of goes inside the mind of the scourge and sees what it's like having all these droids, um, like all the data from all the droids around the universe that the scourge is infected. Like how it's too much for it to cope for, and then we're yeah, also, and we're also learning here that they have finally, we think at least that they finally figured out how to go from metal to meat, and that Domina Tar could be the first target of that, which is pretty terrifying because Domina's, even though she's a bad guy in this book, she's become a character that like you sort of really like even though she's horrible to afro well, she's banging afro like three issues ago exactly so there's that whole connect yeah so i just thought it was brilliant it's so and then like, a character like just lucky who at the beginning of this series i could not care less for i was like who's this kid yeah, same. i don't give a shit now he's one of the squads and like i really yeah. really like him the santa relationship has been so earned over so long afro as a character is so and like particularly this connecting back to the original Afro series, like with the relationship with Magda Tolvan, yeah, the whole thing's just brilliant. I don't think we need to go on anymore about how much we love Doctor Afro. This series has made Sun Staros my possibly my favorite Star Wars character at the moment. Yeah, she's dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I think that you know, if if Alyssa Wong hits the landing with thirty nine and forty, which I'm sure they will because they haven't disappointed us yet. Um, I genuinely think there's conversations that need to start happening about whether this Doctor Aphra run is the best Star Wars comic. Um, 
I'm not it saying it is. Vote. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it's. There's a conversation that's worth being had. There is definitely. Do you know what it. my dream is when we get to the sort of next volume of Afra, um, which hopefully is a little longer as well. I'm. I'm just. There's a part of me that hopes it's going to be called Afra and Sana, and we have an Afra and Sana series. And it's the. Yeah, it's the two of them. Yeah. Just the two of them, just risen it up. <laughs> That'd be cool. Just, I love them so much. Their relationship is amazing. And and to be honest, I just think that like Alyssa Wong could just tell a phenomenal story of Afra post Return of the Jedi, Afra's own story with brilliant cast of characters already established, but then just like tying in in the way that Alyssa Wong does, yeah. which is so perfect, just tying into established events we already know happen. Bring Ko back, Ko from Faris. Yeah, exactly. Like, Bring Afra's dad back, I like him. But let's be honest, Afra probably somehow ended up at the Battle of Jakku. She yeah. probably just ended up there. Because... Yeah, she's probably there somewhere. And like all these... She's probably things... plot, singing <laughs> portions. <laughs> and like, I don't, I don't know, I just, I just think that that needs to be where they go next. So fingers crossed... Apparently, we'll know more when Revelations comes out next month. Um, right, we need to move on. We've still got a few more comics to cover, and we've been going for an hour. Um, this one won't take us long to talk about um, the Visions uh, Peach Momoko one-shot. Um, the story and the artwork was by Peach Momoko, who's a very well-known comic book artist. Uh, and this sort of series of one-shots is essentially going to be give a um, artist-slash-creator their vision of Star Wars in comic form. I think it's a cool concept. I thought the artwork in this issue was absolutely stunning. There was no dialogue, so I genuinely had no clue what was going on, but it's beautiful to look at. Do you guys agree? <laughs> yep, it looks great. I'm a big Peach Momoko fan. Don't know what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I love the artwork, but I, I felt like the first half of it, I was following along. I was like, okay. Sweet. There's some weird, obviously, forced thing. Someone gets sacrificed. Feed some weird bitch. I was like, sweet, God is. And then the second half, I was completely lost. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really, it's really abstract, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like if I just need to. I feel like it's me. It's obviously not her writing or anything because she's very talented. But I need to sit down and read it properly. And be like, all right, this is happening, and this is happening. Like, you just need you need to really focus on it. You can't yeah. just like flick through the pages. And, and I was falling asleep when I was reading this, not because of the quality of the issue. I just was. Yeah. So, like, I had no chance of understanding what was happening. But, I mean, but it looked wonderful. Yeah, I mean, there's panels in here that I would want as artwork on the wall. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 100%. stunning artwork, and it, even if we don't look at this as a story, we just look at look at it as a portfolio of a phenomenal artist's artwork. Like, it works. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we won't spend too much time talking about it because we've still got a few more issues. Uh, but yeah, good artwork. No idea what happened. Not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Bounty Hunters number 40. Um, I guess there's going to be no surprise here that, yeah, again, we really liked Bounty Hunters. Uh, Ethan Sachs, Davide Tinto, Tonga, shock, spoiler, plot Dang. twist, is betrayed by her squad, including Bosk, which was heartbreaking for me. That this Bosk actually like, affected me emotionally. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Yeah, let's. I mean, let's talk about it. I thought this issue was brilliant and shocking and emotional, and yeah, I I, I love this book. Felt angry because Tonga has been betrayed. Um, yeah, Chris, why don't you start? I mean, Tonga's like the most earnest hero in Star Wars that isn't named Luke Skywalker. 
you know. <laughs> she yeah, she's a bounty hunter and but she's got the purest of intentions. Mm-hmm. And this we, we were just saying last month, like the strength of bounty hunters is this it's got this really heartwarming family found family vibe to it that's really great. And this issue just shat all over that. Because <laughs> they yeah, turned yeah. on her. Um and yeah. it's like the people that turned on her, so Deathstick, Dirge, Derpy Dirge, and uh, Kel. Fine, I get it. They they're not part of the main crew. They've only just joined. I didn't particularly like any of them anyway. Deathstick's cool. Dirge is cool, but they're like they're not very like super well rounded characters, are they? No. Um, but Bosk though. That was that was cold. That was heartbreaking for me that as a massive Bosk fan. How, was like... how dare he? Oh, how man. dare Bosk Watch is closed. Done. I know, I know. Bosquatch is over. Fuck Bosk. <laughs> how how can he do his girl like that? Oh, brutal. But brutal. I tell you what, if this is one thing, this is like real credit to Ethan Sachs that over the course of forty issues, he has made us care so much about this real ragtag t- ragtag team of C list characters that yeah. they can turn around and do a twist like that and we genuinely care feel anger about it like hats off to Ethan Sachs he deserves all the credit that we give him so what do we have do we have like what two issues left two yeah it finishes on 42 so we've got the final dark droids thing and then one more Bosk better change his mind for one <laughs> full on Zuckus better show back up because I need I need, the, I need the crew back well Zuckus is there obviously he got he's the only one who, Leech. he's need... the only one who didn't betray Tonga yeah, I need Fallon back. I need Tasu Leech to come back. Mm-hmm. I need Losha and Vukora because that wasn't that was a cool thread from last week that wasn't picked up in this one. It's gonna go somewhere, yeah. Mate, give me five more issues. Oh man, it's so sad that this is finishing. This and the series has got better in the past like ten issues as well. Like it's always been good, but the past ten have been. This incredible. is more sad than Afra because Afra we know will come back because Afra is incredibly popular. Yeah. A staple. There's a big risk that this is the last we see of these characters. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let John. I'll let you give your take. I have the theory as to why, but John, I will, I will let you give your take first. What do you think about this one? Um, yeah, I mean, I just echo your point. Really, it's like the 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 fact that we <clears throat> sat here re- reading that, and you're all like shocked and surprised is just a credit to Ethan Sachs because, like, on paper, a bunch of bounty hunters betraying another bounty hunter because what they're doing isn't really in their best interest isn't surprising and shouldn't yeah. be like oh my god yeah. but yeah so the fact that this is so shocking and this is um a big deal is 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 a credit to ethan sachs i mean <clears throat> yeah as chris said obviously there's a few in the team that is like oh right okay especially like death sticks uh, i'm not surprised at, at all fuck that bitch um <laughs> but boss gear yeah, like Man, that that was cold. That's a betrayal, isn't it? I'm never going to get over it. Especially because it was just like so casual with it as well. He just like dropped (laughs) dropped the numbers on the. There was that panel at the end, though. I saw regret in his eyes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they. I was just the man. He he waited for like a dramatic moment to to let slip that he'd also betrayed him, like because he could have just joined at any point, like just throwing hands (laughs) or something a bit. No, he went with the scales. Yeah, he just went with the dramatic, like, just, just dropping the, the codes and was like, well, I've been yeah. watching you for months, bitch. Yeah, Cold brutal. Bitch. Brutal. Cold yeah, bloody. no, I love this. I think along with Afra, 
Um, even though I love both the High Republic issues, so genuinely, Afro and Bounty Hunters for me have been the best two of the month. Um, these issues are both so solid. This is why ongoing comic book series are important because when you're 40 issues for a series, you've grown to love characters to a point that when things happen, you feel it. Um, and though when I was reading it, like what I noticed and. That bastard Ethan Sachs and Davide Tinto did this intentionally. They have that beautiful shot that they do quite often in the Bounty Hunter series where they just have all of them crammed into the cockpit. And it's like the squads, they're all packed in. It's like this weird family that you kind of just love. And then they did that and then two pages later, betrayal. And it just it hits harder because we've had so much of that. I need my crew back. I need my main crew. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And um what and obviously we've got the sort of side plot, which is definitely not a side plot, with the Imperial officer who Oh, was, that was really good actually. Yeah. yeah, who who was obviously like had the thing with Valance and she's managed to get a hold of some memory, some data memory of, of Valance to hopefully try rescue him from the scourge. And in doing that she betrayed the Empire and fought her way out. That was dope as well. <laughs> yeah. Cause she was a character from I mean she was featured in in Bounty's book. Wasn't she a Darth Vader character? Great Pax, Darth more, Vader so, character. more so in Vader than Bounty Hunters, yeah. Yeah, but that I, I always really liked that storyline. Yeah. You know, the fact that... Because she was, like, proper vulnerable uh, with her feelings towards violence, which, yeah. again, is not something you expect to see in these comics. Particularly um, from so the fact that that's well. picked up again and, you know, brought back. Mm. Well, I really liked that. Yeah, Bounty um, Hunters has been smashing it the last few weeks, last few issues, man. Yeah, I think since the Inferno Squadron, um, the, the crossover, the whole thing's just been firing on all cylinders. Uh, and then we end the issue with Tonga and Zuckers being captured by Balance. And I mean, it's all going to come to a head next month, which is exciting. Here's my theory, right, as to why Bounty Hunters is ending with issue 42. I think Balance is dying. Yeah, I, think this, I can I see think, that. Yeah. I think this is the end of balance, and I think that's the reason why the series is ending, because essentially, if you look at Bounty Hunters from issue 1 to 42, even though Tonga's become the new lead, it essentially is Valance's story. You say that, but Tonga's been, like, the main since, I'd say, in Tonga, teens. I mean, Tonga is in issue 1. Like, Tonga's there from the very beginning. But Tonga becomes the main character from issue 18. We've yeah. had more Tonga than Balance at this point. True. But I do, I do think the, the the mission statement of Bounty Hunters really is to tell Val- is to, to tell the story of Valance. And I think that the reason it's coming to an end, I guess my theory is that he's going to die. In the, I think they're going to be able to break him free from the Scourge and he's going to you know, sacrifice himself to save the squad or, or you know, something like that. I think this is where we're, we're going. And which is my hope that that means we can get a resurgence of this bounty hunters comic in the new era, you know, with Tonga leading a new squad and it can be called bounty hunters all over again, but there's no balance and it's, it's just a new era. I saw someone mention it would be really cool if they did reboot um, bounty hunters after Return of the Jedi and it had like maybe Lusher and Tonga in it. Probably Vukor will probably join them because that's where that's going, isn't it? But someone said, um, Din Djarin. Yeah, I think that was me. I think I put it in the group chat. Yeah. It was you, wasn't it? Yeah, Din Djarin, like pre Mandalorian, because he is a bounty hunter. Exactly, yeah. There's no reason why you wouldn't have been part of this crew at one point. Like Grief, Grief Cargo, like getting jobs from Grief Cargo. Yeah, that'd be a really cool angle because, you know, this, this would be like, say they set this, I don't know. A year after that's still four years before the Mandalorian, so exactly. mm-hmm. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, man, that this was a tough. I, I hope Bosk redeems himself by the final issue, but I don't know if it's possible. Like that was a brutal betrayal. Um, but yeah, Bosk might die. We haven't had any Bosk past this point. <sighs> they can't kill off Bosk. Shoot, <sighs> I reckon Bosk might sacrifice himself to save Tonga and Valance. If he did that, Bosk is the greatest Star Wars character ever. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, th- there's no Bosk in the timeline after this point. There's no, there's no like sightings yeah. of him or anything. I mean, he wasn't in Book of Boba Fett, much to my disappointment. Um, yeah. Anyway, we we won't talk too much longer on Bounty Hunters, but yeah, good job, Ethan Sachs. You've been killing it, and this is. I can't wait for the when the series is over just to pick up. Like, I've got most of the trades now and just read it from start to finish. All forty-two yeah, I'm really issues. Looking forward to that as well. And hopefully, an omnibus comes out because we'll omnibus. Find that. Yeah, yeah. David Gabriel. Um, omnibus. Okay, we're nearly there, boys. We're nearly there. D Squad number three. Mark Guggenheim, Salva Espin, RTD two forms the Droid Avengers and heads to Ryloth. Picks up his uh, his treacle QT and. Uh, and then I think she gets shot at the end of the issue. Um, she gets what, shot, and then he's like, a, he's like, then back in Dark Droid, just like yeah, fine. Yeah. So I'm assuming she, uh, she's fine. So D Squad Three, John, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's just a fun little. Uh, it's just a fun little comic, isn't it? Really? So it's yeah. one. To be fair, when I read it, I'm not that. I'm not really paying attention, to be honest. But I'll hold my hands up and say this is just a comic about droids. I'm not particularly like focused, but it's fun. Um, I like the interaction with all the different droids. After D2 carries, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, have we seen this QT before? Is this something? Uh, like... Yeah, it was in. She was in the Clone Wars. Oh, uh, those episodes I skipped on my rewatch. One of the one of the droid arcs that you would have skipped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a history with this droid. I believe she's named after a cancer patient. That might have might have passed. I'm not sure who's was called KT because it's QT KT. Yeah. Uh, so it was something Disney cool. did for an actual real person. So she's shown up every now and again. That's cool. I mean, if it's just like a R2D2, but pink version, like, I'm all for it. Like, yeah, just R2D2's girlfriend, basically. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll, I hope there's some action figures and shit because that's cool. I'll back it. But yeah, all right. Episode of oh, issue, sorry. Um, nothing special for me. It's droids but cool chris i don't remember anything that happened in there this is one where i was falling asleep i can't imagine me disliking it <laughs> i remember triple zero was in it that gives it at least an eight out of ten yeah no i, I mean i i i really like this i i think i've probably enjoyed the d squad series a little bit more than you two um i like droids i like droid comedy um but I think there is something quite compelling about these. It's it's almost what it's what I really like about Bounty Hunters as well. It's this ragtag team of you know weird found family that shouldn't be a team coming together to do something. And I think R two like bringing Triple Zero and BT and IG eighty eight and Forlorn all together in this weird team. I think is quite fun. Um, and also because we know where it goes in Dark Droids with them teaming up with Ajax Sigma, I think it's just a it's a fun and interesting companion to the event, mm. uh, and I'm glad they did it. It's it's not a waste of time. I think it's just good fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's cute. Oh, it's yeah. good. It's good levity from what is a really sort of quite dark event. I think it's a good bit of levity in there. Yeah, yeah, agree. 
Right, Hyperspace Stories 11. Uh, is, this is the last comic we're actually going to talk about, and we've got two more that we'll give a breath to. Um, Hyperspace 11, written by Amanda Daybert, art by Megan Wang. Uh, and this is a Yoda and Mace Windu story, then defending some younglings from a, a sort of elaborate trap set by Count Dooku. So obviously we're right in the middle of the Clone Wars at this point. Um, I believe... Correct me if I'm wrong. Depa Balaba is, is that Depa Balaba in this one, Chris? I don't know. You know, no, I don't think it is. I, I, I mean, it might be. I just just seemed like generic female Jedi to me. I thought she had like the dots. Anyway, I'm not sure. If it was oh, Depa I didn't see that. Might have been. Um. Anyway, what did you think, John? Uh, yeah, it was alright. I didn't enjoy this one as much as ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I enjoyed ten more. Yeah. Um. I think maybe, I think this is one of the final ones I read today, this morning, so maybe I've had comic fatigue. Um, but personally, it was good. Like, it was, it was good. Like, it's just a fun little Clone Wars story. But, I don't know, I kind of got the feeling, and I could just be confusing me, it was kind of, it was very surface level for the characters, I think, maybe. I don't think it was nailed as well as, like, the Bad Batch characters, as we were talking about before. I feel like it was very surface level Yoda, very surface level window, but I guess there's not much to get into with window. Um, I, I think Count Dooku is the is the worst version of the, of that. It's very surface level, like comic Clone Wars episode villain. Like, ooh, I've done something evil. Um, <laughs> evil British man, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, there wasn't much to it, but I guess it's a half a story, story. So I don't know what I'm expecting. Um, yeah. Does does the toy sharpness? I no wow kind of kind of at the end i was a bit like oh is that the toy what's happening here so Um, so yeah i think this is what we've missed so i was doing a bit of reading because i was confused and i was looking back on things so the artifact the jedi or sith we don't know what it is artifact that dooku is after here that little gray metal thingy Mm -hmm. in like one of the earlier issues of hyperspace stories the wookiee stuffs that in and hides that inside of the toy. Oh, that'd be the first issue, then, wouldn't it? The first issue. So that's that what's been inside the toy yeah. the entire time. It's a Jedi or Sith artifact know. that Dooku is after, and it's been hidden inside this toy. Oh, so yeah. we're thinking that this person's picked up this artifact. Yep. And in then this, this is before yeah. they've stuffed it in the toy. Yeah. Right. And then the artifact goes inside the toy, and then it comes across the Star Wars timeline in the toy. Everyone's like, why is this thing force sensitive? It's got a Jedi or Sith artifact in it. You think this toy, because obviously it ends up with do with Kylo Ren, I can't remember where else in the timeline it goes. Is this toy the reason Palpatine returns? Uh, yes. <laughs> Confirmed in a Fortnite event. It is Palpatine. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that might have just been something that we missed. Um, but I was having a quick read on Wikipedia and I was like, oh shit, I completely forgot about the thing going inside the toy um but i believe i was reading somewhere that issue 12 of hyperspace stories is the end of the series um someone i think it was drunk wookie had put online that the issue 12 was the final issue um you may be joining us soon by the way you might be joining us soon um so this could be the the last issue next week we might finally get the, the the toy thing concluded um because it's a it's an empire Oh, a Return of the Jedi tie-in issue the next yeah, Lando, one. isn't it? With Lando and the Falcon and everything. Um, anyway, Chris, I haven't asked you what you thought about it. Do you remember it? Were you awake when you read it? Yeah, I thought it was shit. <laughs> like, I just didn't care. 
Like, what was going on? There's some weird people, and then it was funny. The reason why I didn't like it was the the same reason that John criticised a few issues. Um, actually, throughout from every episode, it felt like it was missing panels. It was yeah. jumping to conclusions and doing jumping to things that I was like, "What? Where's that mm-hmm. coming from?" So it felt like it was just being made up on the spot. Like you know, when those things attack, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know if they are attackers," and then it just yeah. it's just I, did, I, did think I see what they were doing. It didn't work. Yeah, Fuck I up. think I think it'd be interesting to go back over the Hyperspace Stories series. I think all the good issues have been written by Michael Marici, and all the not so good ones have been written by other people. I remember the first issue was by, was good, and that was by the person who wrote this one. But this person also wrote the Ray one, which was really rubbish, which I was really disappointed by because we're so yeah. starved for Ray stories. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I thought this was weaker than the Bad Batch one. It was definitely one of the weaker hyperspace stories issues. The one standout for me in this was the artwork. I really loved the art. Yeah, I the art it was, was good. Hyper stylized, sort of really cartoony, but not stupidly cartoony, colourful. I, I I thought the artwork was brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. I just didn't the story didn't do much for me. Um, yeah, but eh, it's nice to see Yoda and Mace Windu fighting. I guess I think it's fucking like Yoda and Mace Windu man. <laughs> Like years in young young comics, right? They've been cutting their teeth on Clone Wars stories. There was a Clone Wars Adventures, there were in Legends, there was a Star Wars Adventures, which did loads of Clone Wars stories, Clone Wars Battle Tales. If I never see a Clone Wars era set comic again, I'll be more than happy. I just think we've we've got enough Clone Wars because we've got an entire TV show of it. And we've um, got two TV shows and a movie. I just, yeah, I, I wish these hyperspace stories, I think the ones that they do best are the ones when they do things that we haven't really seen much of. So mm-hmm. like the Kylo Ren one, the Greedo one, because that was the just Boba a, Fett one. a unique angle, the Boba Fett one, because um, that was unique, and the, the Bad Batch one. Because even though and the Finn and Poe Bromance on the Train, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think hyperspace stories has been better than Star Wars Adventures was. Yeah. To be uh, fair, if I really think about it, because it was that really good Ventress issue as well. Yeah. Um, there's only two two issues that have been bad, and I think this is one yeah. of them. And then the Luke and Leia one is the other one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll collect the paper, trade paperback or whatever when they do it. Why not? Yeah. That's my feel. I think there's going to be three trades. Three. Um, yeah. The next one comes out in January, and it's got Boba Fett on the front. Yeah. Um, wow. But no, I I, I I like that they've basically done an anthology series where it's one story per issue instead of two, and there's some weird connective thread, even though it's just a little floppy toy. It's kind of cool, and it, 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 it at least ties the whole thing together. Um, right, well, before we finish, we have to mention that this month there was uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi issue three and Mando season two issue six. Um, because there's been so many comics to talk about this month, uh, none of us read it and none of us are going to be talking about it. You know our feelings. We don't care for these remake shitty comics uh, with bad art and uh, word for word, panel for panel recreations of the TV show. So we're not going to talk about it. But they came out. So if you're, if they're, if you're into them, all power to you. Go read them. Uh, but we're not going to read them or talk about them. Does that sound fair, boys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, well, that's everything. That's the month. A pretty busy yeah. month for comics. Bumper month. Pretty good month for comics as well, I'd say. Um, yeah. Yeah. Decent. A decent month, I think, apart from uh, <clears throat> Vader and maybe our 
throw in volume issue 11 of Half Space in there as well. Otherwise, yeah. all good. I think I'm looking forward to the end of this era of on mainline Star Wars. Like, I think it's been great, and I think I've probably liked it a bit more than the first era. But yeah, me too. I'm, I'm ready for the reboot now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm ready for more Afra, hopefully. Ready for more Star Wars. Hopefully more Bounty Hunters. Definitely more Bounty Hunters, please. And, and um, Vader and, written by someone else. And just no more Vader. I think we're done. We've... Well, it can't be Vader. If it goes post-Jedi, they can't do a Vader yeah. series. And... Unless they do like the Soul one where it went back in time. But there's no point because Soul, Soul did the story. Unless, unless they do something... You know, in the years after Souls One, up until New Hope, but no one cares at that point. Like we know what Vader does at that point. He hunts Jedi and nothing else. I have an idea, lads. I think we need a story that explains how Vader became Vader. Like I think we need a TV show about it. We need three <laughs> films and a bunch of comics. Yeah, like how, yeah. who is Vader? Who is Vader? Yeah. Who is the man? Or is he a white little emo boy? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have to wait for that. Yeah. Um, but next month, I think, all, like obviously, Dark Droids comes to an end. We've got the Revelations, sort of bumper one shot. Yeah, it's um, going to be interesting, that one. We've mm. got Daniel Jose Older's um, Horror Public Adventures is kicking off the Phase 3. Um, Which is very good. I've already read it. Cool. Good to know. Um, so, we will be back next month to talk about all of those. Uh, it might... I'm just... Thinking ahead, it might come out a little bit late. It will it'll still be beginning of January, but it won't. It might not be right away because um, I know that I'm away over New Year, so we'll just have to time up when we can all do something sort of early January. But we will get it out at some point. Um, brilliant, Chris. Do you just want to let the people know quickly what collected editions came out this month, in case people like collected editions? To be honest, there wasn't that much. Um... There was a load released last month, but this month there was the the collection of the Return of the Jedi one shots. Yeah. Um, called oh, yeah. the something and the Empire and the Scoundrels some, Empire and something. Yeah. Yeah. So that one there, that's a bit of a bumper one. It's got a fair few issues and it's quite a thick boy. Um, so that one's out now. That's pretty good. Um, I think Darth Vader Volume Seven came out this month as well, um, with the Afro issues in it. It no. It was Mando Season 2 Part 1 and the Legends Epic Collection Volume 8, Empire Volume 8, I think. Yeah, so it's, it's not a big month for collected editions, but I know that there's a fair few out next month. <laughs> um, so, you know, keep your eyes peeled. No omnibus is released this month. There was just there was two last month, as my yeah. wallet found out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, not much. Cool. Well, oh, actually, right. there was there was one single issue actually, um, which was released with the comics, and it was a collection of all of the um, Return of Jedi anniversary covers by Chris Sprouse. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Find, I'm yeah, So it was all it was all the covers in one sort of comic. Yeah, so it looked like it looks like a normal comic book. And it's released with the comic books, weekly solicitations, but it was just it's just all the Return of Jedi Chris Sprouse covers in one volume. Mm. Oh, nice. That's nice um, right, boys, let's wrap it up there. Um, Chris, people find you where? I was a book collector in it. Nice. I'm tired. John. <laughs> uh, Vader, 
sometimes on Vader's Castle Library, sometimes here. I'm not going to bother with my personal plug because I've not got a single follower request. So, <laughs> it hasn't worked. No, so never mind. It's pretty good. <laughs> and yeah, Dan, Vader's Castle Library on the podcast. These these three shit boys will be back in a month's time to talk about more comics. Uh, if you haven't listened to our Omar interview, go check it out. Comics Roundup special interview with the Uncanny Omar. It's brilliant. Omar's great. Hopefully we'll get him back soon. Uh, brilliant. Cool. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. May the force be with you. Bye. Later's bros. Bye.